Welcome to today's broadcast of Lead to Serve, a leadership podcast with Ed Taylor. Welcome again to the Lead to Serve podcast. My name is Ed Taylor, and I have the privilege of pastoring here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We have been here for 22 years, and we are grateful for all that the Lord has allowed us to be a part of. And today's episode will end season three. In season three, remember, we have been focusing on discussing a book we put together here at Calvary, a book we entitled Sure and Steady. The subtitle is Learning and Growing in Pastoral Ministry. And the the heart of it is a compilation of 20 plus years of trial and error in practical ministry service. And it is written to help a man understand pastoral ministry for sure, so that there are practical, not just the spiritual side, not just going through 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus and 2 Corinthians and and learning the heart of a pastor. And this is real practical. This is where the rubber meets the road on literally things that will help enable a man be a better pastor, whether he's a senior pastor, lead pastor, uh, an elder on an elder team, um, but it is not just for pastors. So don't let that word scare you because, you know, I I like to ask anytime someone comes on our team here, do they have a pastor's heart? Because we are following the good shepherd. And if you want to use that word pastor, he's our pastor, Jesus Christ. And if we have his heart, no matter where we're serving or what we're doing, God is going to use us that way. And we want to be used by him, you know, growing in servanthood. So we've been using this book. Uh, It is available. If you're looking for it anywhere you get books, uh, you can get it on our store. It's available here at our store. And our store is also online, calvaryco.store, calvaryco.store. You can order it there. And it's a real simple book. Uh, It's a pair. It's a title page has a, the, the topic has a title, then a paragraph or two, very small, some supporting scriptures, and then a lot of lines to take notes. And you could use it as a personal Devo book just to talk through and pray through some of the things that are shared there. You can use it in a small group setting. Uh, We're going to use it again as we have. Uh, We use it as discipleship for the pastors uh, and for our staff just to talk about these matters and then apply them in the context of the ministry here, which is what you would do. You would talk about the topics, talk about the scriptures, and then you would practically apply them in the context of ministry and service that you lead or you oversee. So the book is Sure and Steady, and we're going to cover a couple of topics in today's episode, and then we're going to look forward to season four. Season four is going to be a variety of different things. Uh, The theme will be questions that have come in. Uh, I want to talk about being a peacemaker. We want to do an episode on our new pastor's community and introduce that pastor's community to you uh, to help you grow uh, and join us no matter where you are around the world, around the country, uh, here locally. We, we want to be, we are a resourcing church uh, and our heart is to branch out, to resource pastors, to encourage you, to strengthen you. As a matter of fact, if you're a pastor listening right now and you are looking for resources, email me. Um, there's a good chance that I have some things I can share with you. Uh, I can answer questions. We could talk through things. Uh, and you can email me or call me. Remember, the feedback comes directly to me. So you can email me at ed 
at ed, edtaylor.org. That's ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. So please pay attention to that because uh, professional Santa Claus owns the .com and uh, you don't want to send it to him. He can't help you. So it's ed at edtaylor.org. Or you can text me at 720-608-0012. So we're going to do episodes um, in those. And then I want to collaborate more. So please pray for me and my schedule. Uh, that I can have guests on and we can talk through things from their context and literally guests from around the world. Uh, you know, I want I want different perspectives, uh, different contexts, whether it's missionary pastors or it is, uh, you know, pastors here in the States or, um, you know, it's going to be different here in Colorado than it is in California, than it is in Northern California, than it's going to be in Oregon. Uh, and so pray for that. I really am hoping that I can pull that off because my schedule is just super challenging right now, and got a lot of things going on in the church, and a lot of changes, a lot of new direction, and I want to give my focused attention. And now that traveling's opening up, um, I'm really blessed to be invited and be able to take some of these invitations to serve at other churches and to teach at conferences. Uh, so I appreciate your prayers. Uh, and today's topic is making sure that we use our Bibles uh, and. And that is the primary tool. I know that's a silly thing, right? Use our Bibles. But what's happened as of late is technology has replaced the Bible. And what I mean by that is not the written word Bible, but you'll see fewer, fewer people carrying Bibles because they're using their phones, because they're using their iPads, which is a valid use in reading of the Bible. That's not my point here, that you can't use your Bible or your your iPad or your iPhone for your Bible. No, no, no. Of course you can. I do too. I use it all the time. Um, I use the GoTo free Bible app, you know, from Uversion. And I also use my Bible software, Logos, and also the free tool, Blue Letter Bible, uh, on my phone, on my iPad. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm glad that you're using technology. We should use it to the glory of God. What I'm talking about is you see far fewer men take Bibles into the pulpit. You see far fewer pastors use Bibles when they're teaching. You see far fewer people carrying Bibles, using Bibles. And to me, I just think we're missing out on a tremendous opportunity for conversation, for discipleship, when we don't carry a physical Bible. So I ask the men here to carry a Bible with them everywhere. Carry a Bible with you everywhere. This is our primary tool, and the prime, really, I guess the primary tools of a minister of the gospel is the Bible and prayer, and it's essential that you have a Bible with you because that also speaks to the authority by which you give direction, the authority by which you give discipleship. It is the Word of God. Again, using your iPad, using your phone, of course, use them to the glory of God. But please carry a Bible. And this illustration I use with our church all the time. I'm like, if you're at the doctor's office and you're sitting in the waiting room and you're reading the Bible on your iPad, nobody really knows what you're doing. I'm not saying anybody cares what you're doing, but like nobody really knows. You could be playing, uh, you could be playing Angry Birds. You could be playing Fortnite. You could be writing an email. You, I mean, you could be doing a million different things, including reading. 
And even if they notice that you were reading, they don't know what you're reading. But if you were to go to that same doctor's office and read your Bible, the paper Bible in your hand, there will be no question. There's so many things to be said automatically, conclusions that could be made of those that are in the office there with you. Uh, you know, that number one, obviously, you're reading your Bible. Number two, they'd probably conclude that you're a Christian. Number three, they'd probably conclude you're a serious Christian. And you never know, there may be someone there that that is the trigger that draws them over to you to have a discussion with you that you might be able to pray with them and encourage them. And and that God-ordained appointment that God has for you, that the physical Bible actually drew the person's attention, the Holy Spirit used that, and here you are connected. And so I encourage the church to use and take a paper Bible with you or a, a real Bible, have one in your office on your desk, you know, have one in your glove compartment, uh, in your car, in case you're somewhere and you need to run in real quick. Um, um, I, I, have, I have Bibles in various places, uh, and I use a Bible when I'm teaching. I read from it. I open it. I hold it as a model. I do have all my notes and scriptures in my notes, and, my, and I teach from my iPad now, so I have all my notes on my iPad. And I could, theoretically, uh, not carry a Bible into the pulpit because I have the, the scripture there in front of me, but that is not the example that I want to give to the church. I want to give an example to the church that I stand in the pulpit there visually and and even subliminally if you if you want the bible is my authority i stand and you know we we read together the bible every week uh, in our midweek our in on our weekend services we read a psalm together responsively i read the odd number verses the church responds the room is filled with the reading of the bible it's awesome uh, and I use a paper Bible, and I am there, and I open it. I ask everyone to open their Bibles, and I say something, uh, and I've always said it, and then I added something. It's pretty cool. So when we stand up, I say, let's stand for the reading of God's Word, and we're standing upon the authority, uh, or we're standing upon the truth of God's Word. We're building our lives, so standing is symbolic. So let's just stand, because we're standing upon the Word of God. And then I was at a Bible college uh graduation and the brother had a stand and he said we are standing on the word of god but then he also added we're standing under the authority of god's word and so i've been adding that i thought that's so cool we do base our life upon the word of god but we're now also standing under the authority of god's word so carrying a bible having a bible especially in the gatherings at church especially there, there is something to be said about this church takes the Bible seriously. And when I'm ministering to people or praying with people, I, I like to open up my Bible and point to the scripture I'm reading. Or maybe, if necessary, flip the Bible around and have them read it from my Bible. Like, read it out loud uh, from my Bible so that they can, they can uh, truly understand that what's being said here is directly from God. Uh, so I know it's simple. Again, most of these things are really simple, aren't they? But when you compile them and you put 50 of them or so, I don't know how many we did, uh, 45 of them in a book, uh, you're like, wow, there's a lot of things to consider uh, as we step forward. A lot of things that we can improve our ministry right away if we would apply these things in our lives. Which brings me to the last one today, and that is this idea of inviting yourself into the lives of others. 
Um, that's an important aspect of ministry, of serving. Uh, if we want to lead well, we need to be inviting ourselves into other people's lives all the time. Because here's what happens. We are uh, so busy, so so much going on, whatever the word you want to use, <clears throat> that we develop a posture of waiting for people to ask for help, waiting for that phone call for counseling, waiting. And, and part of it is just a rhythm and routine, maybe a bad habit. But part of it is, man, I've got so much to do that I'm not proactive in ministering to people anymore. I mean, if you think about it, this is how you this is how you were raised up in ministry to begin with. You were proactive. You were stepping into people's lives. You were ministering to them. You were open to the Holy Spirit. And then you're like, what happened? And so I want to remind you that your role in ministry is to invite yourself into people's lives very gently, um, but very authoritatively on the basis of your role in representing Jesus Christ. And there are so many needs within the church, it can be overwhelming. I get it. So much going on, especially in the last few years, so much pain, so much hurt, so much confusion. Uh, there's so many things going on with kids and their gender and their identity. There's marriages that are dissolving. There are financial challenges. There's isolation and mental issues. There has been great physical loss because of COVID and lives have been lost. Uh, dreams have been lost. I mean, I think of you know, sports, just, just simple things, you know, I know I'm transitioning from grief to uh, maybe a kid losing his whole senior year of sports. Um, but that's a profound loss where you're in your senior year, um, you're, you're playing sports or you're in the band or in the drama club and then COVID or the authorities just wipe out your senior year. You know, that's, that's pretty significant. Um, and that's a pain that that young person's going to live with, um, for the rest of their lives. They're going to have that as a memory forever. Um, and so it's just been a lot, right? It's been a lot. And because there's so many needs, we tend to shy away from wanting any more, wanting any more ministry. But serving people is not merely a reaction to others asking for help. It, we're not just to sit around and wait. Well, you know, the, nobody called for help today, so I really didn't have anything to do. No, there's, there's people, we, we should be reaching out all the time, connecting texting, uh, phone calls, email. Uh, we have opportunities to reach out. Even when I think of this podcast, you know, this podcast uh, isn't because we're experts here. I'm not an expert. I don't have all the answers, but it is an opportunity. It's kind of like an outreach for us into your life that we, if you need it and we can help, we want to help. I mean, that really, it's not because we know it all. It's not because we're you know, perfect in leadership here, servanthood. I'm definitely, I'm definitely not. However, we have learned through mistakes. We have seen things that God's blessed. And we also want to put this out there for as many people that want to connect so that we could serve you. It's like our invitation into your life. We are inviting ourselves into your life. As you listen, you just know, hey man, there's someone in Colorado, whether it's me or someone on the team here, there are folks in Colorado that will answer questions, that will help you. Like, you're not alone in ministry. You're not alone in what God's called you to do. So you can email me. You can text me. You can call the church office here. Uh, and we would love to help you. And inviting yourself into lives means you're it, it, another way of that. If you're inviting yourself into the lives of unbelievers, we would call that outreach. We're taking the church and reaching out 
But this is also true within the context of ministry of people that are believers. Uh, as we walk in the Spirit, we need to invite people, invite ourselves into other people's lives, asking them for permission into their life. For example, here's a simple one. How can I pray for you? That question is an invitation into someone's life. You'd be amazed at how many people will answer that question. And you will be amazed with all of the different answers you will get when you ask that question. Uh, for If there's someone in the, uh, again, when I'm talking to the pastors here, we are not just waiting uh, for a memorial service. If we hear of grief in someone's life, is, that, is can we help you with the memorial? Can we help you with, uh, you know, mar- someone sharing a difficult marriage uh, and, and you, you say, can, can we help you? You want to sit down and talk about this with your spouse? Uh, do you need premarital in this book? You know, like, so we're inviting ourselves. How can I pray for you? How can I serve you? This is one of the most fulfilling parts of ministry um, because in the reaction, the reactions are almost always very difficult and very challenging. But uh, when we when we reach out and we invite ourselves into someone's life, a great, a good example of that just today, I received an email, I was checking my email this morning. Uh, one of the school teachers forwarded me, uh, we have an academy here, and one of the teachers forwarded me a YouTube link of one of our students in the school uh, and said, hey, I thought you would like to see this of uh, one of your students. And so I clicked it on and it was a uh, it was a video of the Denver Zoo taking them on a tour. I think it was a hyena to the hyena. I'm pretty sure the hyenas, uh, one of their hyenas was born with a disease where they needed to amputate his legs. Well, uh, for this particular family, and I, I know this young man, um, he too has had his legs amputated because of a disease um, that has been carried through from his mom. His mom also has experienced that, and his brother. And so the story was just so encouraging. Um, I, was in, I was greatly encouraged by this family. So I responded to the original email. I thanked the teacher that sent it to me, but then I also reached out to the family, and I sent a quick note to them. Great video, proud of you guys, um, and just to invite myself into their lives. I just wanted to tell them just that one email. They weren't expecting that. Uh, They probably didn't even know I saw the YouTube uh, clip and didn't know, but I wanted to invite myself. Look, I opened up my email today and I had, I don't know, 50 emails just this morning and I'm looking at them and most of them I've responded, some of them, and you, you, you get overwhelmed by all that, right? And then you're like, well, I don't want to send any more. I don't want to read. No, 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 no. That's the beauty of ministry. A lot of the emails were great. They require response and answers, but this one I got to step into their lives and encourage them. And so you know that I'm as I'm encouraging them, uh, God is encouraging me. And and now I can re- I can connect with this young man when I'm walking around the church and visiting. Uh, <laughs> I don't visit the classrooms very much because I'm very my presence is very disruptive. The kids all get excited and uh, so I have to be very careful uh, when I connect with the kids. But when I do walk around uh, and connect with the kids, I'll be able to see Luke and I'll be able to encourage him remind him of that visit to the Denver Zoo, and just how God has a plan and a purpose for his life. And yeah, he has some challenges. He has challenges more than any other kids, but God has given him the strength to persevere. And you can see that that just started with a little email that was a video that prompted my heart to invite myself into their lives. 
I think of Jesus in Luke chapter 19, uh, where it says he came to that place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. I mean, what a great example. Jesus invited himself to the house of Zacchaeus. Uh, and of course he could do that, uh, but he invited him. He he took that place of stepping into Zacchaeus' life uh, because he wanted to minister to them. He wanted to serve him. And, and, and who knows what's going to happen later at Zacchaeus' house, but Jesus invited himself in. And this is, this is the joy of ministry. If you walk around this world and just think, you know what? The Lord wants to use me. The Lord wants to use me. The Lord wants to use me. Where does the Lord want to use me? Who does he want to use me? Man, it is an amazing, and you don't even have to think like that. It just becomes so natural for you where you are reaching out to believers. You're reaching out to unbelievers, but you're engaging others in life. And like we shared in the previous podcast, if it's just small talk, that leads to a conversation, that leads to a greater conversation, fantastic. If it's a long-term relationship, you haven't talked to them in a while. Uh, I reconnected with a friend of mine, John, who's going through some real things right now. He's in California. We go way back to high school. I'm able to pray for him, encourage him. You know, technology is amazing. I love it. And he's the one that reached out to me. And so now he is inviting me into his life and say, you bet I'm going to be a part of that. Um, and, and so... Again, as we've gone through all of the various principles in this book, uh, you can see that you know they're not they're they're not new or novel, but we do need to revisit them all the time. We want to be we we want to grow in the practicalities of stepping into people's lives, representing Jesus Christ as under shepherds. Whether you're a pastor or a Sunday school teacher, whether you're a mom or a CEO, any role that you hold. Any place that God has you, he has you there by his grace so that you can be yielded to the Holy Spirit to be used greatly in these last days. So this ends season three. Uh, We'll probably be posting some episodes while we're developing season four. Uh, But if you have any feedback, uh, give me a call 720-608-0012. You can call that number, you, but you'll get to me much faster if you text that number, 720-608-0012, or you can email me directly, ed at edtaylor.org. Leave a, you know, leave a review on your podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It, it helps to make the podcast more available when people are searching for leadership and uh, it pops it up on their algorithms, however they do it. Uh, leave a good review. If you have a bad review, send that to me. And uh, we could talk about it. Maybe there's an area I need to improve or grow in. Um, I'm totally open to grow in God's grace so I can be more effective, not less effective. But if it's a good review, leave it there. Um, You know, go to the Calvary Church website, leave a good review on the church um, as a part of the ministry of the church. On our Google reviews, that will help a lot. Um, But again, I appreciate this podcast relationship. I appreciate for all of you, it's been overwhelming, the response and the connection points. I can't wait to introduce to you something we're starting, call, we're calling it the Pastor's Community, uh, and we'll do an episode with Joshua, Pastor Joshua uh, here in the near future and introduce the Pastor's Community to you and invite you, Pastor, uh, an elder, an assistant pastor, and key leader to be a part of this community. Uh, we want to re- We're a resourcing church, so... We want to help you, resource you, encourage you, 
um, dialogue. You know, I think they're calling, you know, these things, we're calling it a community. I think they've called it cooperative. I think they've, there's different words that, uh, that we, a collective, that's another word. Um, so you could call it a pastor's collective, pastor's community, but we're going to come together just to encourage one another, collaborate, um, pray together for our cities, for our state, for our country, for our world. Uh, so this, this is a podcast that's brought, uh, developed and produced by Bounding Grace Media, an outreach here of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, calvaryco.church. And until next time, the Lord bless you, encourage you, and strengthen you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Serve with Pastor Ed Taylor, a leadership podcast from Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. If you have a leadership question you want to hear answered on a future Lead to Serve podcast, please email it to pastored at calvaryco.church. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe, rate, or review us on iTunes and share us with your friends on social media. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on the Lead to Serve podcast.